You're listening to If Only I Were Wiser podcast, where Raina Wilson brings together wisdom and raw life stories to provide encouragement and truth. So many times it's easy to become discouraged in your own pursuit of health because your story or circumstances look drastically different from your favorite influencer or even the expectations you had for yourself. If that is you, welcome. This space is for you to learn, breathe, and maybe just listen and see what wellness could look like for you. Hey friends, welcome back to the If Only I Were Wiser podcast. On today's episode, I have dietitian, personal trainer, and founder of Redemptive Health, Clara Colley. Clara has her own online wellness practice where she offers one-on-one coaching and group membership to help women create simple, sustainable habits to improve their health, steward their body, and become the best version of themselves. And that's exactly what today's conversation is all about. What does it really mean to be a true steward of your body? and how to break the negative thought patterns and binging cycles to truly find healing identity in yourself. This is definitely a conversation that I wish my younger self had known, so let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, Clara. Welcome to the If Only Our Wiser podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. I am equally glad to be chatting with you today. So can you get started by sharing a little bit about yourself? What does life look like for you right now? Yeah. Um, a little bit about myself. I can be very long-winded, um, but I will not be long-winded in my introduction. I am Clara. I work as a dietitian, um, a personal trainer. Um, probably more exciting than that. I live in Asheville with my husband, Tyler. Um, we actually just bought our first house after living in an apartment. Um, so we are really enjoying a lot of time outside in our yard, um, starting a garden. So that's kind of how we're spending a lot of our free time work-wise, spending most of my time um, one-on-one with clients. I have a group membership, so um, either talking in the group, um, working on content on the back end for those group members, um, and then Outside of that, I also work as a dietitian um, at a local direct primary care clinic a couple days a week where I'm seeing patients um, and doing nutrition coaching there as well. So, oh, that's super cool. I didn't know that. How exciting, though, about your house. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, we just, it really kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but we've kind of been wanting to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, this house just popped up and it's like the previous owner already has this like little garden plot already set up. I'm really glad because we like wouldn't even know where to begin, but we just know we want to get into gardening. So (laughs) we're excited. Yeah, that's super exciting. I would love to hear because like you said, it's super interesting to me that you're still doing virtual um, coaching, but also in person. So this would be a great transition to kind of how did you get started um, what kind of pushed your heart into this field? Gosh, yeah. So, well, my first kind of like introduction or interest in nutrition really started my junior year of high school. Um, I was always active growing up. I did like competitive gymnastics and cheerleading and tennis and track, like I did everything. Um, but never really had to pay attention to like nutrition and how I was fueling my body. So I kind of like, honestly, don't know how it just 
came about <laughs> one morning. Um, I just remember waking up and was like hanging out with friends the night before. I just remember eating like a lot of Oreos and waking up and I was like, I feel like I could feel better than this. Um, right. I started like the whole path to nutrition and wellness kind of out of this albeit I will be honest, not a great healthy approach mm. to it that led into like the calorie counting, reading all the health, women's health magazines and things like that. Um, that fueled my um, drive to go to college to mm-hmm. study nutrition, become a dietitian. Um, then I moved to Asheville for my dietetic internship and um, went through that for a year um, and then after that, I wanted to stay in Asheville because it was either that or move home with my parents. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, so I got like essentially part-time job working at a hospital, quickly turned into full-time. And that was kind of where dietitian Clara started. Um, and yeah, it was, it was eye-opening because I kind of came from this like my personal experience with nutrition kind of it started off in a very negative light. Like I just wanted to like pretty much lose the baby fat, all that stuff. Um, and that essentially ended up being like under eating and over exercising. And then that kind of led into mm. college, um, going into college, you know, under fueled and then paired with this like, I went to the University of Georgia, so it was a huge, huge college, uh, small town. So kind of pairing that with, like, body comparison to, like, all of these other girls, uh, not feeling like I totally fit in. Um, and then that kind of, like, storm led into really just an, unha- an unhealthy kind of negative relationship with my body mm. and food. Essentially just, like, under eating during the day led to binging at night led to feeling terrible about myself, led to restricting during the day, so on and so forth. It's a cycle many of us have been in probably. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of continued to really, I would say like I kind of healed from that when I moved to Asheville, Um, just because I was out of kind of this environment that I didn't feel like was really beneficial for me and um, kind of deemed it like my wilderness season. Um, when I, cause I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. when I moved to Asheville for my dietetic internship. Um, and that's also the same time when my relationship with the Lord really exponentially grew. Um, and in that is when I really came into like living into my identity, my worth, my approval in him. And I think that led me to kind of like honor my body more. And so in turn, um, pairing that with my work in the hospital, like seeing patients just like laying in the bed, totally debilitated, deconditioned. Um, like it was super eye opening of like, holy cow, like my body is such a gift. Like what a gift to be able to like go to Gold's gym at six in the morning and work out and then come into work. Like, um, and so that's kind of how, how it started kind of like personally and professionally all into one. (laughs) Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you for that. I would love to dive into like, what 
did it look like for you to initially start to believe and heal your body and mind in a way that you could believe in true healthy body stewardship? Like you said, there was, as your relationship grew with the Lord, you were also able to heal and renew your mind in the way that you approached body image, you know, your negative thought patterns, all of that. Yeah. Um, gosh, if this is like one of those things where you want to be able to give this like answer where it's like on this day, I did this or I read this and boom, right. Everything was great. Um, but it didn't work that way. It was like very much kind of just this like progression over time. Um, and you know, I kind of like look back and I'm like, what like was the the catalyst to this change and this healing and growth? Um, and I honestly, to this day, really can't pinpoint like one catalyst per se. Um, I will say, yeah, take that back. Um, one, just like being kind of alone um, and out of this kind of like, I don't want to say a negative environment, but it was one where I just was maybe around the wrong influences and um, wasn't ultimately prioritizing my faith that I had kind of grown up in. And so coming back to that, um, being in this like wilderness season that I had deemed where I was like, it was me and God. We were like, he was all I had. Right. And so really like taking all of that free time I had, like I was just had my internship during the day and then like all night, all weekends, it was just me um because I didn't even have a room mm-hmm. and so just reading um quiet times reading the bible reading like faith-based books and just getting this deeper understanding of like my identity in Christ and how he looks at me and just the worth that like I have outside of anything I do anything that other people think about me how I look um over time, just like essentially saturating my mind with the gospel over and over and over and over again. Um, like I started to actually believe it and live it out in um, areas of my life, like health and wellness that sometimes can be so segmented. You know, we, maybe we have like our fitness, we have our health mm-hmm. segment of our life, we have our work, our family, our faith. Um, but it, it felt so natural for me to just kind of have an overflow of my faith into my health and wellness. Um, and so, yeah, just, I mean, maybe one day, a couple years ago, I looked back and I was just like, man, I have like experienced so much growth and I don't know when it happened, but it, it did. So how would you describe um, to someone that's not familiar with the gospel, does, that doesn't understand what the Bible says about body image, beauty. Um, and again, I know that's <laughs> kind of a broad question, but what encouragement would you give to listeners about what God says about our identity, specifically about how we're supposed to be- view our bodies? They may have heard the temple analogy, um, but maybe in layman's terms, what does it mean to be a good steward? Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that verse about your body as a temple, because that, um, is something like even in college when I was struggling with kind of this negative body image, negative relationship with food, like that was a verse that I like committed to memory and like 
wake up Monday morning, my body temple. Mm. Um, and that just goes to show that like, it, it was ultimately my motives were just not in the right place. Cause I was still ultimately using it as a way to like glorify myself and like mm. get approval and affirmation for how I look on the outside. Um, and I think that is kind of a big part when I'm looking at like, how does the gospel maybe inform body image or our approach to health of um, like, it isn't about me. It's not about you. It's not about what we do. Yeah. It isn't about how we look. It isn't about what other people think of us. Um, but rather like as a believer who has surrendered her life to the Lord, I know that Jesus's blood is like, has covered me. And so what that means is like when God sees me, he sees the perfection of Jesus and not any, any attempt that I make at being perfect or healthy or eating hashtag clean or anything. Um, anything that I do is like never going to stack up. Um, and, and resting and like, okay, I, and I can now work and live from approval rather than working for it. And I think a lot of times in like the mm-hmm. wellness mm-hmm. world, we're like working out to look a certain way so that we can like have this approval from the outside world or we can look a certain way. Um, we think that's when we'll finally be satisfied when we get back down to our goal weight, when we look like we did pre-baby or whatnot. And that's so enslaving. Um, and so I, a couple years ago, I kind of like coined this term. Um, we were created to be stewards of our bodies, not slaves to how they look. And when we look at the word stewardship, it, it literally just means like exercising careful and responsible management um, over something entrusted to one's care. And so we look at it as like our, our bodies are not our own. Um, They're a gift entrusted to us to care for, but we will ultimately give them back in worship to the Lord. Um, And stewardship does not mean, you know, trying to chisel your body to perfection as defined by culture. Right. Um, but rather to just care for it reasonably um, so that you can then go out and carry out your greater God-given purpose. Your purpose is not to like have a six pack and like look great on the beach. Um, It's to, you know, like if you're a doctor, show up to the hospital and serve your patients. If you're a mom, maybe it's, um, you know, teaching your kids homeschool or, um, if you're an accountant, you go and do the best work you can as an accountant. Um, and so I look at like being a good steward of our bodies. Um, like for me, I'm going to have, I know I'm going to have a hard time carrying out my purpose of serving my clients. Well, if I am tired from not sleeping, not prioritizing sleep, not eating well, not eating nutritious foods, not moving my body, not managing my stress. Um, I'm not going to be able to serve them well. 
one, I'm probably going to be tired and cranky um, and stressed out. And then two, I might also Mm -hmm. then suffer from maybe negative body image or being like hyper-focused on how I look or how I feel. And so then I'm like in my head and I'm not focusing on the work that is in front of me. Um, So yeah, I look at just being a good steward of our bodies as just like exercising this uh, like responsible management over something that has been entrusted to us, not striving for perfection. We're not even called to be perfect. That's literally why we have a new Christ, but um, just that obedience of caring for our, our bodies out of, I look at it as like kind of like worship, honestly. Absolutely. And I think you said it beautifully. It's almost this detachment from self. It's this understanding mm-hmm. that if I were to give you a gift, then you would physically want to care for that the way that you would treat it, the places that you would take it, the thing, you know, like you would clean it. Like there's so many other aspects of care that in order to care for the gift well, you have to detach yourself from, oh, this was mine versus it was given to me to love and cherish for the duration that, you know, I have it, you know, it could be a sweater, whatever, but I think your approach would be different if you knew that it was mine, right? And I think it's so hard sometimes for us as believers, especially in my own life, to detach my ownership from my body so that it does become a place of worship, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to use the example of like your friend is letting you borrow a really nice sweater. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned that. It, It feels kind of like, I mean, you are so much more worthy than a sweater, right? But it has that like kind of feel of like when someone is lending you something like really nice, maybe really expensive, you are going to take like the utmost care of it and pay, you know, careful attention to it. Um, and, and ultimately like, you know, if inevitably something happens to the sweater, you probably have a good friend who's like, it's okay. Um, and even if that friend isn't like that, you know, the Lord is not like that friend. He will always be forgiving. Right. Um, just, yeah, looking at it that way of, of being, yeah, caring for it and not owning it. Mm -hmm. And you touched on it a little bit earlier about it's so hard to walk that line when we live in a culture that tells you to honor self and, you know, uphold self above everybody else in the way that you look in the way that you eat, because I think even wellness culture for the sake of being air quotes, healthy you can definitely dive into obsession and it's not worship or stewardship anymore. It's obsession. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how do we walk that line as believers? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, how I kind of like to think of it is, um, when you think of maybe we'll just use the general term, like wellness, you know, your nutrition habits, your fitness, whatever, feel, fill in blank. Does it take up the majority of your time, your attention, your focus, your money? Uh, does it dictate your mood? <laughs> and if so, those are like pretty big red flags that it's not only an obsession, but it actually might really be an idol, which is like really not fun to say out loud. And we don't really talk about idols a lot. Right. Um, 
in today's like society because it's not fun to talk about. But I think um, how do we kind of walk that line between honoring and stewarding our body and not obsessing over it? Uh, for me, it kind of always goes back to like checking your motives, um, thinking like, are you seeking your own glorification, which is like pretty much what culture projects on us to do. Um, look out for yourself kind of thing. But are you seeking your own glorification? Are you looking for outward approval from other people? Um, are you trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment outside of Christ? Um, those can be good kind of like questions to think of as you are looking at your motives of like, am I kind of crossing that line over to obsession or not? Um, prayer will always provide, I think, good guardrails of like praying for the Lord to keep your motives pure and that he would protect mm-hmm. you from not obsessing over your health. And um, I think also just like turning it over to the Lord daily. Um, maybe especially at the beginning. I mean, I think it would be important throughout mm-hmm. your whole life to turn it over to him daily, but especially at the beginning where maybe you feel like you are like tugging with this more. Um, I love like just making a gratitude list kind of like for every aspect of life, just a general gratitude list every morning, but um, even getting more specific right. of like things that you are grateful about your body for, not just like, I'm grateful for my legs, but like, what do your legs allow you to do that maybe you're taking for granted? And I think I got this practice really a lot from Mm -hmm. working in the hospital. Like I would bound up the stairs to go talk to patients, walk in their room and they would be laying in bed. Some of them like in their thirties and forties could not move, like totally just deconditioned, and walk 10 steps from their bed to the bathroom without having assistance. And so like the, I would see that like 10, 15 patients a day. I was there for over five years. And so just that like constant, like hammering into my mind of it is such a gift (laughs) to be able to like take the stairs up to talk to these patients and not like, I mean, I'd get a little out of breath because like, are you ever not out of breath taking the stairs? I don't care how good of sleep you're in, but like I could do it and it wasn't, wouldn't like wind me for the rest of the day. Like I could go on a walk after work. Um, I could stand in my kitchen and cook and not get tired. Like many of my patients could not do that. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think kind of going back to this, just like turning it over to the Lord and, and being grateful for what you have can help redirect your mind, um, to honor your body and not obsess so much over it. And I think also just popped up in my mind of Mm -hmm. like controlling your inputs and, and what you are like filling your mind with. Like if you were scrolling Instagram or listening to podcasts or watching TV shows or any kind of like media that is fueling your obsession with looking a certain way or, um, alleviating every single health symptom you've ever had or could ever have. Um, Of course, I am like all for prevention. I'm all for improving your health. If you've got like blood sugar or hormonal issues, by all means, like figure out how to, how to deal with them, how to prevent them, how to manage them. 
so that again, you can like go and live out your purpose without being hindered by them. But even there, we can fall into that obsession. (laughs) And so, um, kind of being mindful of your inputs of like, are you spending more time listening to health podcasts than you are like reading scripture or meditating on scripture or something like that? Oof. Yeah, that's a really good point. When my husband and I were just chatting, I really had a really um, just hard body image story. And the Lord has thankfully like redeemed many aspects of that. But it's definitely something when it comes up, I'm like, what the heck? I dealt with this. Like, why is this, you know, coming back up again? Newsflash, we live in a broken world and I will always have to fight my flesh. I think it is like, it's a part of like being sanctified. And if we like got everything we wanted and we were like totally healed of our body image issues, like we may not be as reliant on the Lord. Um, And that isn't to say like, you're going to struggle with body image issues forever. Like he could absolutely, and he very well can heal you of that. Um, And if he does like praise, that's so great. Right. Um, But then it's also looking at like, how is it maybe protecting me from, like becoming self-reliant or self-sufficient or um, right. getting caught up in, I don't even know, something else. Um, so it's kind of like looking at it both ways of being like, Lord, please heal me from this. Um, but then also thank you for your kindness in in this whole situation and reminding me that like you are my satisfaction and my comfort and my safe space, um, even in the midst of it. Absolutely. And it was just a conversation with my husband because you touched on inputs and I hadn't really processed that. And so it finally clicked for me, as stupid as it sounds to say out loud, but it was like, if I don't post what I look like on Instagram, the people from high school or the people from college, like aren't going to know what I look like. So whatever mental battle I'm having that I'm going to be judged by this online social world. And that feeds my fear, anxiety, you know, all of those negative body image thoughts. Like if I'm not posting or feeding my mind with the beliefs that, you know, all these people think I'm ugly, (laughs) which is not true. Then like, I, I can find freedom from that. And all it took was being cognizant of my inputs. It was knowing that my family and friends that I do regular life with are not going to be tearing me down and saying, oh, well, you know, it looks like you put on some weight or you definitely gained weight with the baby. When are you, you know, when are you going to lose that? Yeah. But the people in my real life were the ones that were going to encourage me back to the Lord Mm. and back to scripture to say, hey, like, if your heart is hurting in this area, this is how you heal it versus I had this, I don't know, unhealthy and unrealistic expectation that social media, like you said, was giving me all the affirmation that I needed. And I was playing a role in that by thinking that I had to, I guess, share it all. Yeah. And that's the hard, hard part with social media. Um, I mean, there are many, but I think it's healthy. And that goes to show like how healthy it is to have that like in-person face-to-face community that knows you, Raina, personally, individually well and deep enough um, where they can speak like life and truth into you. And they're like, no, like we love you for who you are and um, drawing your heart back to the Lord and um, just reminding you of, yeah, that truth 
Um, I think that's something that is super overlooked. It's just having that, that kind of community that can call you up. Definitely. And this might count towards one of those things. Um, because I think community in general is just super important. But what would be the first five ways that you would encourage people towards mindset shift or heart shift towards true healthy stewardship? Yeah, well, I feel like I've mentioned probably prayer enough, but um, and, and gratitude, prayer and gratitude, I would probably clump those in together. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think coming back to like, it could be praying over your meals, right? Like I'm so quick to just like say a quick prayer, like, thank you for this food, Lord, nourish my body. Um, But again, like getting specific of like praying over the food Mm -hmm. on your plate and um, not just like what you're eating, but how you're eating and why you're eating and um, nothing is too small or like insignificant to pray about. So your meals, um, praying before your workouts, like praying as you're getting ready in the morning. Um, I mean, praying like scripture over yourself. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've heard like the, I don't even know the verse, but um, in Psalms, like you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like what would happen if you like actually lived from that truth? Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't do it well. So I'm still learning, but. um, Working on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, prayer and gratitude would be one examining your motives. And that one is like, I mean, that's hard because it requires you to like probably get still in a quiet place, which hello, when we do that, we just usually grab our phone. (laughs) I don't know. I do at least. Uh, Right. (laughs) But like getting still, getting quiet, you and the Lord and like being willing to kind of uncover, peel back the layers of the onion to really get to like the root of why you're doing what you're doing. And, and I mean, you can start out with wrong motives. Like, I mean, I did right. And the Lord can redeem everything. Yeah. Um, but, but be honest with yourself uh, of why you are like trying to change your body or eat better or lose weight or whatever. And again, the Lord can redeem those motives and, and create in you a heart of pure motives. So that would be another one, just examining your motives. And then this is maybe kind of like more practical, but just like starting with one like change at a time. I think when it comes to nutrition and health, like we can try to overhaul everything at once. (laughs) It's like you're trying to marathon and PR Mm -hmm. and like you can't even walk a lap yet without getting winded, but with your like habits in general. And so just like starting with one thing. Yeah. So like, how can you change maybe one thing, whether it's eating healthier or maybe it's like right the obsessing over one thing. That would be a big one. Um, and then another one that I kind of think of is just like believing that you can do it. And not just like in your not in your own strength or willpower, but like believing that like through the power of the Holy Spirit in you, mm-hmm. you can overcome negative body image and you can stop obsessing over how you look or nutrition or fitness or anything like that. But just believing that it is possible. Yeah. I have been really into just like kind of the science of mindset recently and understanding how like our thoughts can impact our actions. And we actually had um, a counselor speak at a church at our um, conference at our church last year. And she made this connection from our thoughts. So the thoughts that we think mm-hmm. will end up 
informing the beliefs that we hold. And those beliefs will dictate actions that we take day in and day out. Um, Those actions will then, of course, lead to a result or an outcome. And so it all tracks back to like the thoughts that you think. Um, And so, and those are going to inform your beliefs. And so really looking at like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like believing that you actually can do it. Um, and then knowing that like, okay, you can rely and lean on the Holy Spirit to give you the power and the strength to do so. You also have scripture to back it up. Um, and so I can't remember if that's four or five, but those would be the the starting points. Yeah, those are great. And maybe this, um, this answer would be similar to those, but what encouragement would you give to women I think in the transition of life stages, like I'm thinking back to Raina at 16 and then I'm thinking through college Raina and then um, my husband and I got married. So the onset of engagement to marriage was a whole other wedding season alone was a whole other body image battle Yeah, and then motherhood and postpartum. Um, Well, kind of as you're saying that, like the first thing I just think of is like you're growing and changing right? Like you're going through many different stages of life, kind of like caterpillar going to a butterfly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I say that like, you're not plastic, right? Like you're going to grow. Um, you, I mean, you change. And I think that is something that's so hard yeah. um, to really kind of wrap our mind around. And just even the concept of like getting older, like, I mean, yes, like there are things you can do with your nutrition and your lifestyle to like, slow down the aging process. Right. But, um, like you're still going to age. Like at some point you're going to get wrinkles. You're going to get gray hair. Gravity is going to take, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's kind of like understanding like, okay, my body is going to change. It is not made of plastic. And I think really leaning into just like making the verse that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, like the banner over your life. And I haven't even done like a study on like fearfully and wonderfully made, but just like those two words, like fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm like, if I like, I'm, I'm sure I heard that in high school, but didn't really like take it to meaning. Right. But if I like really kind of proclaimed that over my life, like on the days that I had the worst body image, I'm like, I wonder where I would be now. And even, you know, 16 year old Clara, 19 year old Clara, mm-hmm. 30 year old Clara, uh, 38-year-old Clara, you know, 70-year-old Clara, just like continually choosing to believe that, um, I think would be, yeah, I think the biggest suggestion or advice from from me <laughs> that I wish, I'm guessing like if mm-hmm. looking back, I'm like, what would I wish that I would have known or believed? It probably would have been that um, is the biggest. Yeah, I clung to, I'm going to completely butcher this, um, but the songs of Solomon verse about how there is no flaw in you. Yeah. And again, that's not taking away the fact that, you know, we are broken, sinful people, but I always had it spoken over my heart that whatever flaws I believed that are exacerbated over social media, whatever lies I heard from people that were unkind, whatever input that was negative paled insignificant to the fact that the Lord saw me in my perfection through the reflection of Jesus was Raina, there is no flaw in you. 
And that, like you said, if that, if I could consistently make it a habit to make that a banner over my life, mm-hmm. there'd be so much freedom and healing to continue to grow out of. Well, it's just kind of thinking back of like, yeah, there, there's no flaw in you, like in and through Christ. Um, but yeah, we live in a broken and fallen world. And I, there's like always, always going to be something wrong. And I say maybe wrong in quotation marks, but there will also also be maybe something that is really wrong with our physical body, um, this side of heaven. And, um, it will ultimately like through sanctification and then glorification, like it will be made new and perfect. And I think that's just kind of maybe that longing in our heart that the Lord put in us that longing for a perfect body because we were made for one, but just not this side of heaven. And so I think even kind of had I reminded myself or known that myself when I was like 16 or 19 um, and again, recited it over myself, probably daily, maybe even hourly, I would have had a different approach Mm -hmm. to things for sure. Well, I say that in hindsight, who knows, but I might have. Yeah. Absolutely. And it just goes back to, like you said, the power of scripture and the power of prayer and those two things. So Clara, I would love to just share more about your services, getting to work with you and where can our community connect with you? Yeah. Um, I am on Instagram at redemptive health and my website is redemptivehealth.com. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching Um, and then I also have a monthly group membership that is always available, always open. So come and join, come and hang out on Instagram and love to have you. Yeah. So fun. Before we move into our final question, I'm actually just curious about what has been your favorite thing about coaching in this sphere? Gosh, my gut instinct is to say like, just to like watch women come alive a little bit more. Like, I think, I mean, people were not taught really nutrition, mm. right? Like outside of maybe like the food pyramid or health class in high school, which is like, um, like we're not really taught actually how to eat, <laughs> what to eat, how to eat. Yeah. Um, and it leads to so much confusion in this world that is like very, I feel like very health focused, at least maybe in America. Um, And so it's just this like constant state of confusion or overwhelm or feeling stuck. Mm. And so kind of like showing women that one, they have what it takes. Like you don't have to be a rocket scientist to like know how to fuel your body. And when they like learn and they see for themselves that like they have what it takes and they can do it and that it isn't complicated. Like, and just kind of like you see that like light bulb go off and they show up a little bit more like brighter and eager to learn and, a little more kind of like sure in themselves yeah. Um, and just like the ripple effects that that has on how they show up to their family or how they show up to work, how they like go out with their girlfriends or something. It just makes me so happy um, to, to see that growth in them and think of like the spark that that starts in their life and their, their sphere of influence. Yeah. That's so awesome. And like you said, it's a ripple effect, I'm sure. And reminder for your own heart. Yeah. And just like a really good, consistent encouragement. Yes. Yeah. So as we finish, I have one more question for you that we finish up with all of our guests. 
So if you could provide any wisdom to your younger self or for our community that is listening, what would you share? So this actually kind of goes along with our whole conversation that we've had today. But, and it's funny, my um, husband, last year I turned 30. And so he was like, what do you feel like is the biggest lesson you have learned in your life? And without like a hiccup, I said, human approval is for the birds. <laughs> um, and that would probably be like the wisdom I give my younger self. Mm. And it, again, kind of goes back to our conversation that we've had today. Um, yeah, human approval is for the birds. And when you live for the approval of other people, you're always going to be enslaved to it. Um, so the quickest way to freedom is not living for human approval. Yeah. Thank you so much, Clara. This has been such a good reminder and encouragement for my own heart. So I really just appreciate all of the wisdom that you've shared. Yeah, well, it's been an encouragement to my heart as well. Um, I by no means have any of this down perfectly. I still struggle with (laughs) um, seeking human approval often. So it's been an encouragement and good reminder for me as well. But I'm thankful to have people like you in the Instagram world that can provide a little bit more light and encouragement against everything else that we're supposed to learn and know and be through wellness culture. So thank you so much for joining us today on today's episode, and we will catch you in the next one. Thank you for listening, friend. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you don't want to miss any wisdom or encouragement, be sure to subscribe to the show. And don't forget to rate and review. Your feedback means so much and helps our community grow. If you're looking for more wellness wisdom and free resources, head over to livingwiselywell.com or get connected with me on Instagram at wiselywell. And if you're looking for a break from the hurried health lifestyle, check out my return to rest resource for tangible ways to slow down and finally find rest.